Listener Production. The Luke and Sassy Scott podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we record this podcast. The Yulikit Woolen Clan of the Boon who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to our elders past and present and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Before we get into today's episode, we wanted to give a trigger warning. In this episode, there is mention of miscarriage and stillbirth. For support, you can always contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Coming up... You know, my hindrance early days of ever even wanting to come out was wrapped around being a parent because I thought, if I ever come out, that means I'm never going to be able to have a family. We kind of started to scratch our heads and look into ways of how two gay men could become dads. We had heard off the record that there was a way that you could have twins and one would be biologically mine and one could be biologically Marcus's and they would have the same egg donor. Old mate chucks his leg over her after a bottle of red wine, right? And they knock him up and then they go, fuck, hang on, we're pregnant. And then nine months later, baby comes out. We are five and a half years into a process where we have had to sign a 191-page contract. What has been the recurring question? Oh my God, I didn't know Scott's husband, Marcus, was trans. I am not trans. Scotty tried to get me pregnant, but it didn't work. (laughs) Don't film me. You are ridiculous. Don't do that either. I'm sick of you. You're a nutcase. I don't care, mate. Look at you. You infuriate me as a human being. Sassy. Scott. Ah, go, Luke. Are you nervous? Interview me. Are you nervous? No, I'm excited. Really? Yes. All right. Welcome to our bonus episode. This one's a little bit different. Scott, this episode... Yes? ...is all about you. Yay! I've been waiting for so long. I know. And why it's all about you is because, Scott... Yes? You're going to be a papa. I'm going to be a daddy. Daddy. For the gay guys out there, a zaddy. No. Yes. You're not going to be a zaddy. A zaddy is a young, gay, cool dad. But are you young and cool? I think I am. All right, we'll leave that to the audience. Let's get it all started, Scott. Baby's time. Yes. However, it's not like your normal one with a little nine-month thing that some other couples go through. This has been a lot longer journey, hasn't it? Way longer journey. And Marcus, my beautiful husband and I... He's actually going to come into this show a little bit later on. It's actually a good way to start it. You're not doing this solo, are you? No. Mm. No, I couldn't. You couldn't. But we did an announcement. Yeah, so a few weeks ago, Scott, we posted a TikTok announcing you're going to be a dad. Yep. With your husband, Marcus. Yes. And a lot of people had a lot of questions, but let's play the audio from that video now. We're pregnant with twins. And I bet now you want to know what's going to happen to me. Well, Uncle Luca boy has been given notice. I'm getting kicked out again. All right, so let's go from the very beginning, Scott. Talk me through Well, why... in 1986, the not 13th that of January. Early. Oh. The surrogacy did not start there. <laughs> no, but I want you to talk me through the first steps, like the decision that you even probably had that conversation, that early conversation with Marcus. What led you down this pathway? Marcus and I have been together for 11, almost 11 years this February, married almost five years. And coming from a big family, I definitely valued having a family and always wanted to have children. Um, Big part of, I think, 
you know, my hindrance early days of ever even wanting to come out was wrapped around being a parent because I thought if I ever come out, that means I'm never going to be able to have a family. I'm never going to be able to have children. So that was a big factor of why I stayed in the closet for me for such a long time because I valued having a family and I always dreamt of having one. It was so important to me. I met Marcus. We fell in love and we both dreamt of having our own families away from one another. And then when we came together, we both imagined that actually there was a world where we possibly could become dads. So when did the journey start of you having the conversation that Mm. surrogacy, why surrogacy over adoption even? We kind of started to scratch our heads and look into ways of how two gay men could become dads. It was very confusing um, for us. And we went We to... want a time frame. So how long ago was this? So this journey started how many years five ago? Five and a half years ago. Uh, five and a half years ago. Yeah. And we found that there was a... The day we looked into it, the day we had the conversation, so it's all meant to be, right? The day we had the conversation of going, hey, should we look into becoming parents? How would we become dads? You want to do this? Yeah, let's look into it. We jumped online and wrote... Two gay men, Melbourne, Australia, want to be dads. Without a lie, what came up was there was a conference called Growing Families happening the next day mm. in Melbourne. And wow. so we we bought tickets to it and we went along. And listen, we walked into this, this conference thinking that it was going to be full of just lots of rich gay guys wanting to be dads. Mm. And we were the minority in this room. There was so many young hetero couples, young females who had had like cervical cancer, who could not conceive, could not carry a child. There were older couples that really wanted to be parents. Um, there were so many people from every walk of life. And one thing that Marcus and I learned and took away from that straight away was that it does not discriminate. Um, people that really want to be parents and can't conceive, it doesn't discriminate because there were so many types of people in that room. And when I tell you there's so much avenues of becoming a parent out there, our head was, our minds were fucking blown. And one of them was, we've, we got this newfound respect for surrogates. We were in a breakout room and this one woman, um, and get your fucking tissues here, ladies and gentlemen and them and days. Um, this one woman was speaking on behalf of surrogates. So it was a surrogate panel. And she said, one night I was... Um, on bed rest, I was in a hospital and I had kind of become friends with this other woman that was um, equally on bed rest next to me. She said, and I woke up in the middle of the night to hear her bawling her eyes out. And she was unconsolable. The nurses and everybody were coming in throughout the night and she had lost her baby. And she said it was just so hard and so difficult to hear that. And she said, and the next morning, the doctors had come in and they had said to her, we're so sorry, you've lost the baby and you'll never be able to carry a child ever again. Now, the complications, who knows what it was, right? But this one woman who was speaking on behalf of surrogates just said, it, it broke my heart because this one woman had told me next to me that she felt her purpose in life was to be a parent one day. That, that was her dream, that was her motivation, and that had just been taken away from her. And fast forward, she said, you know, I, I delivered my healthy baby, um, she said, and fast forward all of these years, um, 
I went and got in contact with that lady and I actually carried her child for her all these Fuck. years later. That's incredible, isn't incredible, it? Incredible, right? How was the room when she said that? So we all just start bawling our eyes out. Everyone yeah. starts clapping and mm-hmm. she invites that woman up onto the stage. And You're we were kidding. like, oh my God, no. And so then that woman speaks to how incredible this woman was who was a surrogate that helped her achieve her life ambition and family goals and dreams. Yeah. And Marcus and I were just looking at each other going, oh my God, fuck, we thought I was a humanitarian. Well, I did. And we were like, we just saw surrogates as these special human beings that were making people's dreams come to life and to a reality. Mm, the thought of a surrogate and what what they're doing for someone else is pretty incredible. Yeah, like you are helping people achieve their, their dreams, their goals and their ambitions and they're putting so much on the line. So Marcus and I had heard off the record. <laughs> so this is on the record now? Yes, I'm going on the record. But we had heard okay. off the record that there was a way that you could have twins mm. and one would be biologically mine and one could be biologically Marcus's and they would have the same egg donor. So you ran to that table. We go to this agency (laughs) and we go up to them and I said, hey guys, and they're these Americans, they've got the biggest fucking whitest teeth you've ever seen in the world. Their fucking skin's glowing. Um, They're Californian, right? And I was like, hey guys, hi, my name's Scott. This is Marcus. Um, We heard this. Is this true? Mm. And they went... Oh my God, Scott and Marcus, we're putting people on Mars soon. Of course we can fucking do that. And from that moment, my, uh, I think I saw our future of becoming parents. And I, we were so excited and we went home and we just started after that weekend to Google, to um, research all these agencies and all these regions all the way around the world of where and how they could possibly make our parenting dreams come true. So... Was it from that moment or had you ever thought about adoption or was it always the surrogacy? Absolutely thought about adoption. And from my understanding, when we've researched to adopt here in Australia, it started to become really intricate because what we learned was Australia believes um, in rehabilitation and not incarceration for life. Whereas, you know, in the States, you go to jail for life. So children are displaced from their families because their parents are going away, you know, for good. Um, You know, we don't have large rates of children being removed anymore from their families and their parents. And if they are, they're put into foster care or they're given to family. So we looked into it and it was very challenging for us to support or or, or like there wasn't a need for it here in Australia. We also then looked internationally and there was a lot of difficult laws, regulations, and it's not really, and call it a fucking industry here in Australia for us to be able to do that based on our government's views on adoption. Mm. We also, before all of that, we looked into becoming um, foster carers. Mm. We went and did all this training. We got accreditation to become foster carers. And just as we did get that accreditation, um, actually, no, there was one more step for us to, and then bam, COVID hit. Mm. And so we it kind of crippled that industry here in especially Victoria. They stopped, you know, we weren't allowed to fucking walk out of our house. So they stopped foster care kids being able to move from home to home. And so, our again, our hearts were broken there and... We, that's when, you know, they were the times that we really went, okay, we're going to go deep into surrogacy. This is, we're going to like research this. We're going to find ourselves an agency. We're going to, we're going to go down this route. We've looked at adoption. We've considered and tried 
to become foster carers and, you know, none of them seemed to really be sticking. And we had this deep desire in us to become dads. And that desk that we asked about if we could have our own biological children that could be twins, that just seemed to be like the fucking pilot light. So we, we select an agency based on what and who was presented to us. We matched really well with an agency in Texas mm. and their job is to find you a surrogate. But that's just one piece of that pie. There's then an egg donor that we had to select and find. The surrogacy agency does not do that for you. Hold on, so there'll be a surrogate and a donor. There's two women you're talking about here, mm-hmm. right? Surrogate's the one who carries the children. Correct. The donor is the one who's purely it's her egg. Correct, which is a whole other journey and process. We're going to talk about the fertility process in a whole other fucking episode. Okay. Yeah, because there's going to be a shitload that more questions in that one. That is a whole rabbit burrow, that one. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, so what we can do, though... Yes? We can bring in someone that's a little bit special in your heart. very special guest. The better half of... My most favourite human being in the world. Sure. (laughs) No, Marcus Sellen, my husband. Okay, my most favourite human being in the world is sitting in between you and I, Marcus Salen, my beautiful husband, your wonderful best brother-in-law. It's true. Thanks for having me. Welcome. So look at you two together, getting interviewed by Lookaboy. Yay. You should be so privileged. All right, so there's a bit of buzz going on with you two becoming parents, right? So this all started with you guys wanted to think of an idea to upload a video. The start of the video is Scott saying, we're pregnant, which then I pan the camera over to Marcus and he's standing there with his, some people his think, belly. He pushed his fucking belly out. I pushed his, my belly out. The belly is pushed out quite far, right? Yep. Y- yeah. And I've got a bit of a belly as well. So it was exaggerated. My chunky monkey. Yeah, it, yeah. So I post. I so Marcus has then gone with twins as he's got his belly poking out, and he's. I positioned it in a great way. Like yep. that took a while to get that angle right. Yep. I was. I made sure I got that money shot, and boy did I! Can't because <laughs> what has been the recurring question that's popped up on that video? Well, hang on, we need to clarify something. Yeah. So the question being, oh my god. I didn't know Scott's husband, Marcus, was trans. Can yes. you clear the record? Are you trans and are you carrying the twins, Marcus? I can confirm. Yes. I am not trans and I am not carrying children. And I can also <laughs> proudly say we are pro-trans in our house. We are pro-trans. 100%. It would have made this journey a little bit easier. Fucking oath it would have. <laughs> Scotty tried to get me pregnant, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> We're not ever going to leave that one for a bonus episode. That's never going to end. And and it kind of, it was, it painted a picture of how many people were going, oh my God, I can't believe Scott's partner's trans or I didn't know that or... How is this happening? But the reality is, part of it is, I could look like a person carrying children in or babies in the photo. I, I actually looked at it myself a second time and thought, I can see why people thought that. might think that I was actually carrying children because I did for a bit look Well, we pregnant. just but did it hang in on, the... Let me just say something. 
I'm just going to rip the fucking bandaid off. A lot of the dumb fucks should have just read the first fucking hashtag that said yeah. surrogacy. Look, that happened as well. <laughs> I left that off Instagram, so that was my fault Did there. you? Yeah, it was an accident. I didn't copy and paste it properly. Oh. But then when I saw all questions popping up everywhere, I was like, can't they read hashtags? I'm like, oh, shit. Forgot to put it on the Instagram oh, you one. Idiot. You had oh, one I job, Luke. I know, one, one job. job. What? To and get the angle and then upload it with the, the right hashtag. Well, I probably added on another like 2,000 comments just oh, by forgetting that Dan one. Dan loves the data. So, <laughs> we, yes, yeah, so we can confirm that. I want to know, I want to fast forward, having the two of you here right now. You've had all these discussions of what fatherhood looks like for the two of you. Yeah. Yep. yep. What are they going to call you? Dad, father, papa? What are you going to go with? We've had this conversation and yep. we're still not... Um, well, I've seen same-sex couples with children try and create a male and a female version of a parent name, like rather mum and dad, like dad and dada. Okay. And so we're trying to work out, well, what do we want our children to refer to us as. And one thing that I've always been um, very strong about was Marcus said, we're both dad. We're both dads. And But I've learned, and I know, if I fell over and grazed my knee, I would scream out, mom, right? If I wanted money or I wanted attention, mom. shut up, <laughs> mom, it's up and up. And then if I wanted like money or something, like to go to the shops, I'd be like, dad. And then... What I've said to Marcus is, we can't both be called dad. Because if one kid falls out, two kids fall over and are screaming dad, and we both go, and then they're like, no, not you, to me. I'm like, see, I just fucking wasted five minutes of my time walking over to them, trying to pick them up. And they're like, no, I don't want you. But even though they called me. So I think it's so really need, important that mm -hmm. we have a distinct, different name. Well, I know children that call their parents by their Christian names. Yeah. Yeah, but they're little smart asses. No, they're not. There's some children that just call, call mum Des. What? Exactly. I call mum Des. You do yeah, as you're well. You're a smart ass. You I'm call her Des. <laughs> you think my fucking kids are going to call me Scott or Sassy Scott? Fucking swipe your Scott, face, get back in your room. You call mum Des. I yeah. called her mum for 22 years. Yeah. But one, you know, Mar recently, the only gift I've bought, I've given Marcus other than me as his husband and life partner. Is me. Best friend. <laughs> your brother in law. We are best, best friends. friends. Um, your husbands. Yeah, we know that. We make a joke out of straight couples who get married and say, I married my best friend. No, I you didn't. Your best friend, best. Chantal, who holds your hair back when you go to the bar and you get fucking drunk. You're, you're marrying your life partner, not your best friend. As a, as a hetero woman, can I chime in and say I 100% agree. I've got my best friend, Samantha. Yes. And my husband, Mike. Mm, sorry, not, mate. You're not bonking your best friend on a Saturday <laughs> nah, night, right? Nah, you're going to have some Chardonnay. Them and that's it. Yeah, you don't marry your best friend. Everyone's so you're like, not best friends? No, no we're husbands. Okay. My best friend's Lauren and Fleur, and I've got all of my best friends. Or your people. Who are yours, Scott? Yeah. Just name one, go. Austin, Monica. Romeo. They're your dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to just go back to the only thing that I've purchased, Marcus and I, Luke and I were recently in New York, and we walk past this kid's store, and it's amazing. There was a book in this store window, and it said Dada and Papa. And I was missing Marcus so much. We were close to becoming um, pregnant, and the, one of the biggest decisions for me was, you know, that Marcus and I have been having this conversation about what we'll be called, and, and that 
that started to make it real. Like, you know, if you're a dad or a papa, it starts to make it real. And Marcus and I were so deep in the process for so long that we we never really got emotionally attached or or invested, would you say, Noi? Yeah. It's been a bit of a distant process because we're not physically going through the pregnancy. So it just feels a little bit not real sometimes. Yeah. And so I walk into this store and there was this spunky gay New York guy and I was like, I'm going to take that fucking book, wrap it up. And he was like, oh, who are you? Are you Dada or Papa? And so I bought the book and I brought it home for Marcus and I gifted it to him. And I think it's that's when it all started to become real to me. The first time I'd bought or either of us had like bought a gift that had anything to do with the kids um, or for one another about the kids. I mean, we had spent a fucking fortune to date on... Getting the kids. Getting here to that point. Um, But that was the first thing for the both of us and our children that we had purchased. And so I guess you're dadder and I'm papa. Sure. Can I ask, how did you make the decision to be dadder and papa? Who's, wait, who did you say was who? Well, Marcus is definitely Dada because he's a daddy. <laughs> Why didn't you go with daddy and zaddy? Well, <laughs> no, we want to do this. But we we didn't know whether you actually said it, Luke. I feel like zaddy is sexualized. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's it is so sexualized. It's got a creepy to the, thing to, to the it. gay community. I think zaddy is a bit of a reference to a hot yeah. guy. I have pondered, Lord... Sir Scott, <laughs> Father. Of course. I, I've thought about all of them as well. I have a question. Yes, Mandy. Is one of you going to be the strict parent? And one, Like one's the asshole parent. Like, you know, what do you like with your dogs? Is one of you more strict and one of you lets them get away with everything? What do you think, Noi? Well, that's a uh, tricky question to answer because what does strict mean? So with the dogs, I probably do more things with the dogs, but that doesn't mean I'm strict. No, but like if they're not allowed on the bed or something like that, like you're enforcing those rules because my husband and I are like not. Marcus, Marcus came home the other day and growled at Hugo and I and Hugo looked at me and I was like, come here, little man. And I like picked him up and I was like, you've upset your dad. So just fucking stay away from him Yeah, because I probably spend minutes. more time with the dogs that after a while <laughs> they just uh, wear you down. <laughs> and so your patience changes. And uh, when they do naughty things, yes, it's easier to get upset quicker. And listen, Whereas this one's been out all day. And all day? Home. You make it sound like I've been down at the fucking pub. So no, you're the stay-at-home parent, Marcus, is always... Uh, well, I work from <laughs> I home one day a week and probably have a bit more flexibility. So... Uh, yeah, when they do something wrong, I um, might get, lose my temper faster than someone who's just come home from work. Have you had that discussion yet? Who's going to be the stay-at-home parent? Yes. Who's yeah. that going to be? We're still not really there. Yes, we are. So I will be <laughs> working full-time and you will have the ability to not have to go to an office for work, so you'll be able to work from home. Correct. And we'll probably get some in-house help. Yeah, also known as Nanny Fran. Which we know, you know, when I first got with Marcus, Marcus like, we'll have nannies for our kids one day. And I was like, that's not what you do. Your parent needs to be fucking hands-on. And the longer I've been with him and become more accustomed to that idea, it seems like um, it, it's a reality for us and, and something that's really positive that's going to be able to help us still live and lead the life yeah. that we have. Well, I can't take time off work to raise children for a period and you probably won't be able to either. So the reality is that's what we have to figure out. We're going to get help. People yeah, to help us do it. You need can. a fucking tribe, right? Because we're not going to be a part of the children being raised. It just means we've got other hands on deck. So I was going to ask the question, it's 3am. 
you hear some crying. Might not be one of you getting up. Will you have someone in the house, a nanny, or will one of you be getting up to see what's going on? We, listen, this is It won't be a live-in nanny. Yeah, They'll come and go. So no night nurse? We'll have a night nurse for the start, we're thinking maybe. Just depends. Yeah, we can, but... If you guys are travelling the world because you're doing the Olympics over in France and I need help, we might have a, we might have a night nurse. <laughs> I don't know if you've looked at us. I don't think we're going to be in the Olympics this year. <laughs> but one thing, I am so comfortable being a parent because Marcus is going to be their dad. Yeah. He is an incredible man and every time I look at a fucking ultrasound and stuff and then I look at Marcus and he's like cooking dinner or he's taking the dog for a walk or he's just capable Folding and laundry able. or emptying the dishwasher or paying the bills You're just or so mowing cap- the lawn or You're putting so- the rubbish bins out. Okay, do you want to keep a list? <laughs> I've <laughs> got one. Do you want to see it? <laughs> I just feel like I'm so excited to bring children into this world because their dad's going to be Marcus. A lot of our friends have commented, oh my God, your life's going to change. You're never going to know yourself again. And just all very doom and gloom. And Scotty and I are like so excited for all of the parts that are going to happen once the kids arrive. It's just going to be amazing. Of course, it's going to have challenges. It's going to have great times and terrible times and hard times and fun times. But how exciting to have two kids in our life. And I'm not sure, listen, this is probably premature in saying this, but, you know, old mate chucks his leg over her after a bottle of red wine, right? And they knock him up and then they go, fuck, hang on, we're pregnant. And then nine months later, baby comes out. We are five and a half years into a process where we have had to sign a 191-page contract, right? Which every single part of our journey has been considered and not saying that we are more prepared because we're definitely not. No one's prepared for babies to come in the house. We're going to go one day from having the house like it is now to then having two children with us. We're so well aware that we're not prepared. But Marcus and I have had to consider so much in this journey that we are so excited to have these children here. So perhaps maybe that time has given us the ability to go, we don't want to focus on the doom and gloom that so many people try and tell us our life's over when these babies come. We're like, we can't wait for these babies to come. We've been waiting for so long for them. Mm. Well, on that note though, I think we're going to wrap it up here. But there's so much more that's going to be, uh, we're gonna, we need to talk about. I want to know more, obviously, and I feel like everyone listening right now will want to know more about that journey with the surrogate, with the donor, how that's come together, how you're flying over to get them. We're going to do in a future episode, right, Scott? Yeah, we are going to start talking about the fertility process, which is so intricate. We, I want you to keep in mind that we had to send blood that had to be approved by the FDA and sperm to the... The United States of America, selecting an egg donor, selecting and then matching with our surrogate. That is just a whole other episode. So, Scott, that's going to be another bonus episode actually dropping tomorrow. Yeah, and also um, in that episode, Scott, I really want to know, are you guys going to find out who the biological father is of each twin? You'll know that. You're going to learn. Have you seen us? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I just want to know if you're going to... But maybe we'll save that for the other episode. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But in that episode, you're also going to learn... We're going to talk about the gender, the selection of gender, how the agencies leave everything up for our intentional decisions. And one more quick thing before we wrap up. Um, What did you say the due date was? We are due at the end of March. However... With most twin pregnancies, they're considered as a high-risk pregnancy and they allegedly bring them a month 
early. However, it's so fucking up and down. Our beautiful surrogate has experienced two hemorrhages in the last probably um, month and a bit. And so we know that fucking anything can happen with a pregnancy. Then put another baby inside there. Everything and anything is... A possibility. A possibility. Now, if you've got any questions for Scott that you're dying to ask, uh, feel free to go DM our Instagram account at the Luke and Sassy Scott podcast page because Mandy's going to be putting them all together for us to be able to ask Scott in a future episode. And I'm fucking, I'm an open book. Ask the questions. I'm excited to probably educate, help share part of our story. Hopefully there's people out there that are themselves wanting to look and not know where to start. I am all open. So send them through to Luke and Sassy Scott podcast page and yeah, Mandy, you'll filter them and we'll try and speak to every single one of them, won't we? Yay. And my <laughs> question will be, what's Look-A-Boy going to do now? Is ah. to move out. <laughs> we'll that's get to in that. The, that's in Look-A-Boy's <laughs> bonus episode. <laughs> that happen? Are we doing that? He wishes. Coming up next time... We're going to have twins that have the same biological egg donor but separate biological fathers. You can put in the height, ethnicity, skin colour, eye colour, if they're fucking Scandinavian. This is talking about, like, baby mama Tinder. What she then had to undergo was a whole lot of fucking injections so they prime her body when it's time to ovulate. This was at a fertility clinic, which was in Texas. When me and my gay husband put our sperm in a jar, we went into the room and guess what? It's got a couch there and straight porn magazine. Are you going to find out whose is whose? I think it's going to be so obvious. Marcus is six foot and he's fucking wide. I'm skinny and short and i got a fucking big mouth on me. We're going to know whose is biologically whose. Have you spoken about the sex outside the podcast yet? No, this, this is, is first. Oh, they're hearing this it first. Yeah. I need to know how much this journey has cost you. Uh, a lot of money. $100,000. More. $400,000. More. <laughs> 